Hey, this is Steve Kirby, and you're listening to the Ukraine Media Podcast. Hello, Ukraine Media family. Vladimir Proknevsky here, and welcome to episode number 87 of the Ukraine Media Podcast, where I serve our Ukraine Media family with interviews from highly creative people. And today's guest is Steve Kirby. Steve is an award-winning UK character animator and the creator of Limber. It is a new shape layer IK system for After Effects character animation. It uses shape layers to make customizable limbs for character animation. You can check it out at aescripts.com slash limber again it's aescripts.com slash limber limber spelled l-i-m-b-e-r and before i play my conversation with steve i want to tell you about our latest course on how to create a sports bumper in blender 2.8 this course is taught by my twin brother sergey proknevsky for those of you who don't know sergey he is the co-founder of ukromedia.com you've seen his presentations at nab ibc vidcon and adobe max if you watched fox sports in the last four years then you definitely seen a lot of sergey's work because sergey is a former senior motion graphics designer at fox sports where he worked on graphics for nfl super bowl mlb world series college football nascar women's world cup nascar race hub and so much more it is safe to say that sergey is well qualified to teach you sports bumpers after years of working at fox sports so get this course while it's only 35 dollars you will get instant access to to two hours and 43 minutes of training. For more information, go to euchromedia.com slash blender. Again, go to euchromedia.com slash blender. And now here's my conversation with Steve Kirby. Enjoy. Steve, welcome to the show and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hi, uh, good to be here. Um, okay, so something interesting about myself that most people don't know. I had a couple of answers for this, but I think one that might be more amusing is that, um, so in my spare time, I'm building a little houseboat. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe it's not interesting in the it sense that like cool. it's got nothing, nothing to do with my creative career, but it's kind of strange. So you said a houseboat? Yeah. Well, it's more of a shed boat because it's really small. It's only really got, it's only got one room, but it's like tw- 20 foot long, 21 foot long or something. And uh, yeah. So how so. much longer do you have? When do you think you'll have it completed? Oh God, probably when I'm about 65. I don't know. Oh, it's a long project. <laughs> when did yeah. you start working on it? Uh, five years ago, something like that. So uh, how did this come about? So did you just like wake up one day and said, hey, I'm going to well, build a house? <laughs> I, at, I, at that time, I... Um, I couldn't really afford a house. So I was kind of feeling like, what can I do to kind of get a uh, place of my own? <laughs> and uh, I figured, well, I could just about afford to buy a, a hull, a fiberglass uh, the hull of a boat, which cost about 1,200 pounds, I think. And so, yeah, I started cutting it apart and um, built a little sort of wooden cabin on the top. That's pretty sweet. When you finish this project, you let me know. I'd love to see okay. the final product. I'll do that. I'm curious. I've never heard of anybody building a houseboat before. Very right. interesting stuff. Now, okay. Now let's shift gears and talk about your creative journey. Let's start from the very beginning. How did you get started in your creative field? Um, it kind of depends how far back you want to go. but uh, You can go back as far as you want. Well... You know, I, I studied uh, painting rather than like graphic design or oh, animation wow. or anything. That's pretty cool. um, so I didn't have a kind of immediate start in in the industry that I'm in now. After I left college, I was doing a bit of this and a bit of that, and then I kind of just got really interested in working on a computer, which was kind of a change from making paintings on canvas and what have right. you. 
And um, that kind of led to doing some work with friends, really, and people that I knew who were kind of on the periphery of, you know, film or marketing or whatever. So I just kind of started working in motion graphics and uh, was doing that for quite a long time and kind of, you know, learning how to use After Effects, how to get better, everything. And then um, at a certain point, I kind of realized that my heart wasn't really so much into the kind of what I'd kind of come to realize was really the fundaments of motion graphics, like typography and logos and stuff. I was, I was kind of doing that stuff and I was kind of, you know, I'd figured out how to do a, an okay job at it, but I, I kind of just decided I, I need to kind of change now if I want to do what I really want to do, which was character-based work really. So at that point I spent uh, 18 months, I think of my spare time working on a short film, short animation, all done in After Effects and Illustrator and C4D and then um, I didn't really plan on on submitting it to film festivals when I made it. I was just kind of making it to put out there on Vimeo or something uh, and to sort of have as a showreel piece to really push my showreel in, in that direction of, with more character work. But somebody kind of advised me to send it to a couple of film festivals in the UK, which I did, and got accepted into the first one was Encounters, which is quite a big wow. and really cool cool festival in the UK. And I ended up winning a little prize there as well with that film so that all sort of ballooned from there and that's pretty cool. i ended up you know sending it to like 50 odd festivals all around the world or something and um yeah that really kind of pushed me forwards and sort of affirmed to myself that that character work was what i was really interested in doing wow what a journey <laughs> now steve let's shift gears and talk about something super dark okay i want you to tell us the worst moment in your creative journey okay so don't hold back any punches the mic is yours take it away steve okay i might i might have to even give you a couple because oh yeah please uh, do okay so what i mean i've obviously had my fair share of kind of render fails right where you <laughs> you know set something off to render and you go to sleep thinking oh, i have to send this send this to the client at 9 a.m and then you wake up and something happened as power cut or whatever it was i mean that's ha- <laughs> that's happened you know obviously like i think most people it happens to everyone sooner or later Something that happened early on was I was doing some work teaching somebody how to uh, use uh, After Effects. Uh, and also, kind of like, she wanted me to kind of clean up a bunch of files on her computer as well and sort of organize stuff like emails or whatever it was, be a kind of general sort of, you know, Mac kind of person. And somehow I ended up deleting Ouch. loads of her oh, files. Man. <laughs> like actual, like, film scripts and oh things that she Oh, my gosh. How did you recover from so that, that? So that was... I, don't, I think I like downloaded some file recovery software and went back a few days later and tried to sort of scrape all the data from her drive that was, you know, all dumped or whatever. So that was pretty bad. Oh my gosh. Were you able to recover it all? Like half of it, I think. I can't remember. She she was really nice about it. Uh, she was very, very nice about it. I, <laughs> I was just obviously like mortified. Oh, I don't think I did any more teaching after that. I just gave up. But, yeah. <laughs> and what was the yeah. other one you said? Uh, the other one, which is related to the houseboat, which could have been the worst day of my creative career, is that I was using this tool that's called an angle grinder. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. It's, so it's like a little spinning disc that cuts, and I was cutting some the fiberglass of the hull itself of my houseboat, and the angle grinder kind of kicked down and nearly severed my thumb. Oh, my gosh. That would have been yeah. costly. Yeah, I was in hospital for about four days, and I'd severed like one and a half tendons. And, yeah, oh, it was pre- man. Pretty, pretty gruesome. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like building your own boat is very painful. <laughs> <laughs> it was at that point, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, Steve, let's shift gears and talk about something positive. Okay. I want you to tell us the story of your best moment in your creative journey. So, Steve, this is your opportunity to brag. The mic is yours, my friend. Okay, well... I think probably, and I'm guessing you, you might, I might be saying what you uh, expect me to say, but I think probably releasing Limbo was one of the best moments there in my career. Go. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know it at the time because it was the first time I'd released a script and um, I had no idea if it was going to be successful at all. Uh, and the whole experience of kind of like, you know, getting in touch with Lloyd on AE scripts and setting up the, the sales thing and everything you have to do. And, and obviously Mike was a big part of that, helping me do so much of it, especially, you know, he really does all the back end. So I, I was a real kind of newbie in, in that world and I didn't know how it was going to be received or if people were just going to kind of think, oh yeah, we don't need that. But it, it felt good because we'd spent so long on it. It had a very long development phase. I think we were working on it for over a year, maybe not quite 18 months. And, you know, we'd had a beta testing group and we'd been adding a lot of features right up until last minute. And then obviously there's all the work doing the, you know, making the promo and everything else. So it was a real kind of uh, labor of love because, like I say, I had no idea if it was going to be successful at all. And uh, I didn't know at that moment that... Uh, it was going to lead to other things, but I think it probably did do, you know, I think it kind of raised my profile a bit and yeah. So yeah, that was good. That's awesome. Steve, let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor and we'll be right back with more questions. Hey, Eager Media family, I want to let you know that we updated our expressions course. The update is heavily focused on the basics of expressions. Understanding the core of expressions will give you a very strong foundation to build on. Contrary to popular belief, you don't need to be great at math and you don't need to know everything about expressions in order to be good at them. Just like you don't need to know everything about a car to be a good driver. You just have to know the basics and for everything else, we have tools and resources to lean on. We also added a very popular section to the course where you will learn how to create a modular lower third with expressions from scratch. So check it out at euchromedia.com expressions. Again, go to euchromedia.com expressions. And now back to the interview. All right, we're back from the break. Steve, first question, what should artists, especially students, be doing constantly, whether it's on a daily basis or just as much as possible? Um, this is a tough one. I don't, I'm not sure about that anybody should be doing everything, uh, something every day. I mean, I think that, um, everybody is, you know, a different individual kind of psychologically and it's, you have to kind of figure out what works best for you. Some people work best when they're very, very driven and, uh, feel, you know, kind of a pressure or whatever. And other people really don't. And, um, so I, I don't know about like doing something every day. I think that, that, you know, that might work for some people. But I think that something to do as often as possible is kind of maybe like be open to learning and being sort of kind of humble enough and open enough to enjoy always wanting to get better. You know, I think most people do that anyway, naturally. I think most people do that. But so, I think sometimes some people can think that there's a kind of there's a sort of point at which you have arrived as some sort right. of craftsman and you know how to do the thing you do and then all you're supposed to do is just do it 
and I, I, I've never wanted to be in that position. I've never really felt like that's, I just think that the sort of modern economy and technology and everything just means that you do have to keep moving. But I think it's good to do that from a position of enjoyment rather than pressure, you know. So give yourself permission to play, you know, is another thing that is very easy to forget to do because of pressure, um, you know, from commercial deadlines and things. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Well said. No, that's that's good advice. It's true, especially in the field that you're in. It is constantly changing and evolving into other things. If you don't keep your finger on the pulse, so to speak, you will be left behind. But mm. it is true. You have to enjoy the learning, too. If you don't enjoy learning, you will get left behind, and that's not the place anyone wants to be. Now, if you could give one piece of advice to aspiring designers, illustrators, and animators, what would it be, other than what we just talked about? Are you sure? Uh, I think the, probably the most important piece of advice that I've ever read, I can't remember where I've read it because it's been uh, probably mentioned many times, is to show the work that you want to be hired to do. If you, you know, a lot of students have quite mixed show reels because they do a bit of this and a bit of that at college and they end up with a reel that uh, is quite mixed in terms of style and, and possibly even in terms of technique, you know, like might have 3D and 2D and everything on there. And if you can, if you feel strongly that you want to work in a certain style or in a certain um, format, you should probably just get rid of everything else from your reel. And even if that means making your reel 30 seconds long, you know, or whatever, because people can only hire you to do what they see you already do to an extent, obviously, you know, but if you're out there putting the wrong type of work out there, which in a sense I was when I was doing motion graphics, that's what people are going to think you do. And so that's what they're going to ask you to do. And it's, it can be a, a bit of a, you can end up in a vicious circle, you know, where you get known for a certain thing and then you end up having to do it again and again and again to make ends meet when really your heart is somewhere else. So you have to, you really have to show the stuff that represents what you want to do. So put yourself in a box before they put you in a box kind of thing, right? It's something like that. Yeah. <laughs> now what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, I'd love to, I th or I feel like I'd love to be an illustrator. I mean, in a sense, that's not so far away from what I do because I do do character design and environment design and so on. But, you know, I, even with all the little kind of gifts and stuff I make, they take so long to animate <laughs> that uh, it's not like I have an, uh, an illustration portfolio. So that is something I would like to do is spend more time on the actual character design and the, you know, color work and illustration as such. But if that doesn't count because it's too similar to what I already do, then I think I'd probably really like to do something like architecture or furniture or product design, maybe. Or building houseboats, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, not, not commercially. That's, that's, just, that's just for me. But yeah, maybe. You should document this. You should have like a daily or weekly or monthly vlog documenting oh, yeah, this. Oh, God, yeah. That would be really cool. I would tune in every week to, to watch probably, it. Now I'm kind of curious think, what, what it looks like. Yeah, it'd probably turn out to be like a biannual blog. <laughs> I don't get enough, enough time to work on it, but yeah. You should have like a time-lapse camera above yes. the house evolving <laughs> yeah. and like a live cam where we can tune in and check out the progress. Anyway, share one of your personal habits that contributes to your success. Okay, uh, this is it's kind of hard to describe this. I'm not quite sure how to put it, but like I, I this is and this has probably kind of come about through conversations with my girlfriend and her noticing this is a sort of 
habit, if you like, that I have. I don't, I don't know if I'd call it a habit, but I, I seem to really notice and think about the way that stuff works a lot, like the way that sort of, you know, how light falls or how the physics of uh, the spring on a door handle work. It's just like crazy stuff. Like I'm kind of like in any sort of moment where my brain can kind of idle a little bit, I look at stuff around me and I think about why it is the way it is. Like, you know, why is the end of that building shaped like that? Oh, that's so that the rain can go there or whatever. You know, so I've kind of got this real kind of like, it's a lot of the time it's to do with physics, but it's not exclusively that. Um, But I've got a very kind of analytical brain and a way of sort of observing, but it's not really observed because observing makes it sound like you're doing it on purpose, like you're doing life drawing. Whereas it's actually, I just notice this stuff all the time and I'm just going for a walk or whatever. I think there's probably something slightly unusual about the way my brain works, <laughs> but it comes in handy for animation for hopefully obvious reasons. Like I kind of, it doesn't take me long a lot of the time to figure out what's wrong with a certain movement in relationship to weight or motivation, you know, or, or whatever. Steve, yeah. where do you get your inspiration from? I'm curious. Do you follow any kind of artist on YouTube or any kind of websites that you visit every single day? Uh, I don't have like a kind of genius uh, sort of uh, secret place for inspiration. I just probably go to the same places as everybody else. I mean, I'm quite busy and active on Twitter. So I see a lot of stuff via Twitter, you know, following links through there. And then obviously there's all the kind of blogs that, you know, everybody knows already, like Motionographer or It's Nice That. Uh, or whatever and I you know I, I'll visit those you know every sort of week or two to just sort of check out what's new but um, yeah I don't I don't have any kind of hot tips in that respect I'm afraid <laughs> do you have like a daily morning routine or, or what are your best working hours oh my best working hours I'm a bit of a night owl so but you know obviously for client work that doesn't always work um, and also in terms of kind of spending time with your uh, family so um if I've got like a, a big kind of big crunch time with a project, which is usually either is, is either at the beginning or at the end, I might get more work done in the evening after dinner kind of thing, because that, that, it's something to do with the fact that it, the rest of the world is quiet and, and sort of feels quiet. It's completely psychological and just it's all in my head, you know, but I find I can, I sort of free myself up in, in those hours better to, to sort of come up with solutions to things and so on. But Otherwise, I'm just, you know, probably a sort of slightly later version of most people. I tend to start work at nine, you know, and work till seven or, or you know, maybe till six or whatever. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have a routine, especially in terms of like visiting uh, like inspirational places on the net. I mean, I check into Twitter once or twice a day, but uh, more for sort of conversation and stuff, really. Yeah. Steve, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know, but I'm thinking probably at least eight. I need to get to that. I'm usually between six and seven, but I have two young kids, so well, sleep is not always guaranteed. Yeah, it's whatever works for you. Everybody needs a different amount, right? Yeah, that's the true. Eight, the, I mean, I've looked into this, and the eight is just an, an average. Some, they, some people need seven, some people need nine, but eight is apparently kind of the median of what most people need. So, yeah, but I, I take a really long time to fall asleep. So I go to bed, and then I don't actually get to sleep till at least an hour later, probably. Steve, we have a lot of younger students listening to this podcast, lots of high schoolers who are thinking about going to college next year. Do you think it is necessary to go to college to learn creative skills, or is it something that you can avoid and just teach yourself? I think it depends on the, the individual and also on the cost of the education and what you're getting for that 
cost as well, obviously, because, you know, education in the States is a different cost to in the UK. And it, I think it varies more in America too. So saddling yourself with a lifetime's worth of debt is not great, obviously. But um, I definitely think that higher education does offer a really valuable experience of community in in the physical sense as well. I mean, you know, there are online communities, but in the sense of hanging out with a bunch of people who are going through the same learning process that you're going through every day, more or less for, for three years or whatever it is. And also getting, you know, one-to-one in-person access to hopefully great tutors as well is really important. So yeah, I, uh, I'm kind of, I'm all over that. But then saying that, you know, I went to college and I don't, what I learned in my degree at college is, was a, sort of like more like a life skill than what I practice now in terms of my career. My All my animation is completely self-taught and all my digital skills are completely self-taught, you know, via the internet and chatting to people online and, and what have you. But I think that the, the sort of physical, you know, process of of going to, an, to, a, to a real world college definitely has a value. And um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's the best time to do it is when you're young. So, yeah. Definitely. Now, Steve, how do you overcome creative blocks? Do you have any advice for us? Oh, overcoming creative blocks. That's a good one. What I like to do if I have a creative block in terms of coming up with ideas for something or like a solution to a, you know, sort of like like a design problem or whatever, or a kind of concept problem, I try to sort of put myself into a much more kind of childlike place. So I'll turn, turn off all the internet and everything shut the door <laughs> well, the door's already shut lock the door the door's already shut uh, and um and then i'll like maybe get a pencil and some paper and i'll i'll even like sit on the floor rather than be at my desk and i find it or, or maybe go on my bed you know if i'm at home obviously i don't have a bed in you know the studio but uh yeah so it's, and i find that like getting that kind of feeling of like you're about to just mess about with some lego or something is really good for freeing stuff up yeah, a lot of people say go for a walk, you know, and that does work too uh, in a lot of cases. But you've still got to kind of start putting down, start making something with the ideas at some point. You can go for a walk and have lots of ideas, but sometimes if you, as soon as you start seeing them visually, so drawing them out, you might go like, "Oh my god, no, that's, that looks rubbish" or whatever. <laughs> and so, but but sort of putting yourself in something closer to what it was like when you were just you know an eight year old kid, you you have so much less kind of self censoring. In, in that kind of psychological place or well closer to it and so that's often what's happened to me either that or simply what it is is that i feel so much pressure in these situations that i simply regress and <laughs> end up end up on the floor in a sort of gibbering wreck and then <laughs> sometime later I come up with an idea and I, i've kidded myself into thinking that's an actual technique where i'm not sure <laughs> which case which is the case now what's coming up for you in your future are you working on any projects that we should be aware of yeah, so recently I've been working on uh, some new custom limbs to go uh, with Limbo, which will be coming out in a month or two. Some quite nice, fun ones of those are a little bit more advanced than some of the ones that are in there already. And I've been trying to come up with a kind of uh, a similar, well, I don't know if it's similar, but another tool that, that does uh, hands so a kind of hand rig for character animation, but it's got a lot of unique challenges to it. So I'm not quite sure whether that where that's going to end up. It'll probably end up as just a kind of free giveaway, which is 
probably more limited in its usefulness and scope than would be nice. But um, hands are really complicated. So uh, yeah, I've been working on those things. And uh, in terms of, you know, like creative work and sort of paid work, I've just started a job today for an old, kind of for an old friend of mine, actually, who's a creative director. Uh, We were talking about it last week and uh, sort of setting everything up, figuring out what kind of ideas and things it's going to be. And I've just started doing some storyboarding today. Sounds good. Steve, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, Email is probably the best uh, method. Steve at stevekirby.co.uk. Steve, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on the show. All right. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Steve Kirby. Make sure to check out Steve's website, stevekirby.co.uk. And as always, all the links and resources mentioned in this episode are also available on our website at ukramedia.com slash 87. And while you're there, check out our first ever Blender course and our time-saving After Effects courses and tools. Also, don't forget to join our online mentoring group on Facebook. Simply go to ukramedia.com slash community. We have well over 3,000 people in this group. It is a great online resource for those of you who are trying to grow, and it's absolutely free. Thank you so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. I appreciate you, and I look forward to serving you in the next episode of the Media Podcast. Bye-bye. <laughs>